we're going to discuss a two plus hour interview that took place between Kanye West and the Drink Champs on the Revolt YouTube channel. This interview has gone viral. A lot of people are talking about it. Some people are criticizing Kanye West. Some people feel like he dropped a lot of gems in this particular interview. We're going to break it all down. We're going to give you our take and our analysis on that interview. Then we're going to discuss something that has taken place with the leftist mainstream media and their response to the outcome of the Virginia governor's race, and in particular, some of the attacks that have been geared towards the new lieutenant governor of Virginia by the radical leftists, uh, in particular, Joy Reid at MSNBC, and some of the just awful, heinous things that are being said about the new lieutenant governor, Winsome Sears uh, from Virginia. And then we're going to wrap up the episode by discussing something that a lot of tech companies are moving towards, this idea of a metaverse, an alternate reality, a virtual reality, if you will, what it means for the future, what it says about society. And it's all coming on the cusp of Facebook recently changing its company name or the parent company name to Meta and you know, what does that suggest they're moving towards? Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. And remember, if we talk about something on this show that you know somebody would be interested in, please share with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you're listening to us on Apple, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. And if you want to help us stay independent, go to our website and donate an amount of your choosing. So, uh, interesting uh, episode we have in store today. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we're gearing up and we're moving towards... You know, the the political season of the midterms, we got primaries coming up and stuff like that. Uh, we have some interesting cultural topics. Yeah. Uh, it's like we have at first we the, the first topic I would say is cultural, the Kanye West interview. Then we have a political topic and then we wrap it up with more or less a philosophical uh, topic. Yeah. So nice, nice flow we got going today in today's episode. Um so, you know, you guys enjoy. Um, Pick up your popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Kanye West, the interview with the Drink Champs, which uh, I, I wasn't really familiar with with this outlet. Um, uh, I, I kind of seen some clips and, and some viral little moments that have circulated around the internet in the past from them. Like I, I I remember seeing that setup where it was kind of like a a neon lit setup with drinks and stuff like that. I remember that guy, uh, that rapper Nori or 
N O R E. I, I don't know what's the the correct I think way. It is Nori? Is it Nori? Because yeah. it like it's uh, that's what it spells. But then it's like it's Nori period O. Uh, it's N period O period R period E period. So yeah. I never knew if it was like N O R E or or Nori or whatever the case. Um, and then uh, who's the? I I don't know who the co-host is. DJ. Yeah, he's a DJ. I don't know DJ much about Effin him or, or something like that. Or yeah, uh, I I've never seen that guy before. Nori, I have seen before, but but that that particular uh, DJ, I'm not familiar with him at all. But they had Kanye West on there, which is kind of crazy because Kanye is a big name. So anytime Kanye sits down with these people, which is interesting. Because Kanye, him sit, if you notice, in, in, in recent times, he's been sitting down with podcasters and, like, th- those sorts of platforms. He keeps it real, man. Joe Rogan, yeah. you know, these guys. Um, it, it seems like he has a bad taste in his mouth, especially with the way that the mainstream media tries to twist and and contort the things that he says and i think too uh he's the only artist right now that we're seeing big artist because there are artists that go to these things but big artist that really puts himself in the line of fire with these people because these people are not going to give him easy interviews right um not not to say like because i don't feel like the nori one was anything spectacular i think it was the vibe that they gave off reminded me of how like we get along with with Ernie. I was I was texting you about it, like real chill and like open for dialogue and like just say whatever you feel, which yeah. I feel that's that's constructive. It's different from like a Charlemagne. It's different from a Joe Rogan. I feel Joe Rogan asks very good questions and is able to encapsulate who the person is. Yeah, even if the person is not is, is misunderstood. So everyone is different, but I feel that. Eminem, safe interviews. Uh, Drake, no interviews. Yeah. You know, uh, and then and then Jay Z used to give interviews and used to kind of go, but like now, you know, you don't really see that, and you don't see too many huge artists put themselves. And this is not just hip hop; just in, in in any genre, put themselves in the line of fire like that because you have a brand. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, well, what is your brand if it's not you? Right. You know, what makes more you know, sense being you or, or the dollars? Because I, I feel there's a happy median in there and maybe your brand should be you. Right. Maybe you should start your brand from there. So I feel with, with, with Kanye, you're always going to get the raw, whether you like it, whether you don't, but you'll respect it. Because, yeah. like, there's been many times that we've criticized Kanye and we're like, what the fuck is he on? What is he saying? You know? Uh-huh. And, and, and and then there's times we're like, wow, that shit was great. But one thing you're going to get is you're going to get a real human being saying what he feels. And and uh, it, it's rare. It's rare. And I'm glad that he's... he's un- and, and you know what? I'm glad that he's doing it, but I also see that he's kind of in a way a visionary when it comes to stuff like that because he's he knows where the power lies yeah he yeah. says a lot of things that ahead of that are ahead of its its time yeah and at the moment it's it sounds weird and it's hard for people to understand 
But then you go back and listen to it years from the moment that he said it. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, damn, like I see what he was saying now, coupled with the fact that he's advanced in this area based off of how he was thinking about yeah. this particular area. And I find that there are a lot of people that, well, I, I think a lot of people stopped rocking with him, which it didn't affect him at all, but a lot of people stopped rocking with him after like the whole like red cap thing yeah um which was uh interesting because that is actually brought up in this particular interview and we'll get into that but um a lot of people stopped rocking with him from the when he started like rocking the red cap but i don't think that people stopped to think yeah but how many more people did it actually garner you because yeah. you, people forget that that you know they they treat you know maga people as if they don't exist but they very much do exist yeah. and it's sort of in and of itself a subculture yeah and on twitter that actually that's how i even found out about this particular interview because i saw like a bunch of clips on twitter from like MAGA people and I was like wait like is that old like you know because a lot of times you, you just you just see things and you don't even like give it the time of day but I'm scrolling and I'm, I'm seeing it here I'm seeing it there and so I'm like oh like what what is this and then I look yeah. it up and then I see that it is very recent and it's interesting because I find that people that think moderately or towards the right yeah, seem like they liked the interview, but people that think more left wing, I noticed, yeah. didn't like the interview. And even though the interview wasn't overly political, yeah. but this is just a few comments that I came across from from uh, people on on my social media feeds that I know personally. And it's funny because these these are guys that are like none of them are in in business or or none of them are like lean to the right. Yeah. I wouldn't even say like any of them are really moderate and and I would even go on as uh, go as far as to say that they're like more softer natured guys. Yeah. And this is some of the things that was said is like uh Kanye just be rambling. Another guy. Uh that's what happens when people call you a genius for two decades but really you just make great music. You start to believe your own hype and think things you're saying are profound. It's just rambling. Yeah. It's like well, it's interesting, like, because Kanye talks about in how he was in a thread with all these famous people, and he says, like, I'm worth more than everybody in this thread combined. Yeah. In the interview, he yeah. says that, <laughs> which I, I thought that was, like, very, very Kanye <laughs> thing to say. But what's funny about that is, like, it's true, number one, but number two, it's interesting how people can... can uh, sort of so quickly and easily delegitimize what somebody is saying yeah when like they actually have the accolades to back up what they're saying versus like you like you're saying oh he's not a genius or he's not profound it's just rambling but i mean i don't know i feel like time and time again he's proven himself yeah and what these people don't understand because they think so microscopically is kanye wants that He's a man of polarity. Like, by the time that we end up, like, being super old and he's no longer here, 
they'll remember him for that. They'll remember him for the polarizing things that he did. Because, see, the fact that MAGA people, like you said, are reposting his stuff, and the fact that his fans post his stuff, and the fact that at some point the people on the left were posting his stuff, he's telling you something. Uh, and, and his music is always layered with that shit. It's always layered with like things that contrast uh, each other to a degree. And I think that 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 he likes that because like that's kind of like what humans are, where we contradict each other. Like even at times, like something that you thought five years ago, you don't think that anymore. You know, yeah. because you, you grow. grow. Yeah. Yeah, and you so. Grow. And the thing with him is he always looks at it from the perspective. Because I remember when he, when uh, I first noticed that he fucked with Trump because I'm a fan of, of Kanye's. And so I'm like, okay, like there's something there, something about Trump he likes. Like, uh, and I think it was, uh, what was that song with Rihanna? Because that was before he met him, no? The, ah. Uh, I forget the song. It was on The Life of Pablo. I just want you to know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember on the video, he had Trump on there, like, sleeping. Oh, it was yeah. a very weird video, but I think, like, understanding Kanye. It had a bunch of cultural figures. Exactly. Just, like, all in the same bed. Yeah, and, sleeping. Yeah, and that was the first instance. I was like, I think he likes him because I think he understands Trump's language. And sometimes you might not. Look at it like that, but I think the way Kanye works is like wavelengths. Like, yeah, oh, big time. this guy talks to people. He connects with people. Yeah. Why does he connect with people? Hmm. Where? What is the future? Yeah. And 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 because of that, then that's when when he got elected. Then oh, all of a sudden you see him shaking hands with him. What the fuck is Kanye doing? To me, I was like, oh wow, that's weird. But I I already kind of had that incepted in my mind. Like he likes something about trump what is it and then as you move move along now you see like see when when you completely like you said you disregard people you don't validate their feelings but when you you're oh you're here now they're like oh this motherfucker gets it this guy gets me and now you have a wide variety of people that are like either hate you or love you or hate you or love you or hate you, but you're making them think about you and the things that you're saying. Yeah. So then when you can make people think like, or make people think of the things that you're saying, that is literally the key. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's, that's Kanye for you. That's, that's always been Kanye. And like, at first we always dismissed it as, ah, oh, that's Kanye being Kanye, but no Kanye, I think he has a method to his madness too. He wants to, he's an artist, so he knows he needs to get a reaction out of you. Once he gets the reaction out of you, then he can say things. Hmm, who does that? Oh, yeah, Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> I want to build a wall. A wall? And then people are just like, what the fuck are you? And then all of a sudden, the topic at point, or the topic is immigration. Now that's in the forefront. Okay, cool. Um, uh, uh, The Muslims, the Muslims. Oh, shit. Motherfucker, you're not supposed to say Muslims. No, I meant Muslim extremists. But already now, that's yeah foreign policy and all that. So Trump knows how to do that. So I think that that's why that's why Kanye gets away with what he gets away with is because he knows how to package it 
and and understands it. Same thing with what remember when he was on on a show with Sway? Yeah. And and like at first I was like, what? Why is he all like so into this shit like this? Like like he really is offended by what Sway's saying, but like he was studying that world and he understood what the fashion world is. And a lot of the fashion world is a lot of wild like whatever's cool is in. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that to be able to make a product that people are going to be like, wow, I want to yeah. buy, buy Yeezys. So he understood that. That was something that I don't understand because I'm not like big on fashion like that, like that. Yeah. But but that was something that when he gets in, involved with something, he wants to understand the culture behind it and what will make this move forward. And and of course, if, if you're interviewed by <laughs> mainstream media, that shit's always going to be controlled. So you can't be you. And and depending on what your perspective is, it's going to be dismissive mm-hmm. and it's going to be, to an extent, belittling. Like like yeah. he, and that was one of the, the cool juxtapositions between the way that the mainstream media uh, characterizes him versus, versus uh, when he was on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was saying, you know, like they call him crazy, but... He's like, no, this guy, like, he has so many things going on in his mind. Yeah. And it's not like this is a guy that just talks about so many things going on in his mind. This is a guy that actually yields results based off of the things that are going on in his mind. Yeah. And it's like, how could you how could you sit there and have a straight face and deny that? Like so many people as and i and i as i gave just you know a few a few comments of people it's like that's crazy and it's like you see if you if you can attempt to delegitimize somebody like this well then well then like you could uh, delegitimize anybody and then that's where you get into the the cultural territory of of you know uh uh, victimhood or whatever because rather than like focusing on well what did certain particular people do to achieve the level of success they achieved you're so used to delegitimizing everybody yeah. it's like, oh well you're lucky oh you're just rambling oh this oh that and everything there's like there's like some sort of like uh excuse tag to it versus yeah. well no like it's it's me you know yeah and i think the polarizing nature of Kanye and Trump, you know, for that matter, uh, as you were talking about, I think their polarizing nature in a way forces people to to deal with that. Like, yeah. I think most people's nature, like I think because so many people, they're like, you know, you have people, it's like, like you, you uh, people get an accomplishment and they're like, well... I don't want to. I don't want to say that, or I don't want to hype it up so much because, like, yeah. I don't want this person to feel bad, or I don't want to talk in this way because I don't want to offend certain people. That's how most people. That's how most people operate. Most people don't operate with. Uh, yeah, you guys are 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 talking greasy, but just know that I'm worth more than everybody in this thread combined. Like most people don't talk like that, yeah. Because when you talk like that, it does force people to like to rationalize what is being said, yeah. You know, and I think most people operate in life on a day to day basis where you don't really have to 
rationalize those things. It's it's kind of like something that I've said on on uh, on a past episode before about you know all the goofies that voted for Biden and like now they're feeling it. And I said, you know, and I even gave a disclaimer, a, pre- a precursor, if you will, yeah. as I'm about to have a Kanye moment, yeah. but y'all will feel it before I do. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's one of those things where, because in the, the statement that I'm making, it's like, yeah, I want you, I, I don't want you to, to get away or be able to circumvent the little nuances. No, you're going to deal with these nuances. And I think that's what was so refreshing about about this particular interview is like when Ori asked him about about the 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 Jay-Z verse where Jay-Z says like you know get rid of that red cap yeah it was funny because when the Danda album came out uh you me and Donnell we were talking I remember we were having a conversation about which version of that song we liked more the the jail or jail part two yeah. Jail has Jay Z on it, yeah. and Jail Part Two has the the baby on it. Mm-hmm. And when we were in our in our thread, like you and Donnell kind of had the position of like, damn, they're both good in their own way. And and I had like the more definitive. Well, no, like I I think the baby's versus like the baby the version with the baby is way way better. And a part of of why I felt that way. Was because Jay Z, like, he's kind of he he says certain things about about like how he moves that suggests that like he's like an outcast or counterculture, but like you're really not. Like you no, haven't no. been like counterculture in years. Yeah, and and even you on this verse talking about like for Kanye to take the red cap off. Yeah, is like. Is like well, like that's like the safest shit that you yeah, could do versus yeah. versus having the baby on in the midst of being canceled. It makes, to me, in my opinion, the song so much greater. Coupled with the fact that, like, just skill wise, I thought yeah. the baby did better. Oh yeah, and and so it was is it's interesting because right when when uh, Nori asked Kanye about that verse. He's like, it kind of goes on to say, well, yeah, and I still got the red cap on. Like, I don't physically have it on, but yeah. if you want to know where I stand. And yeah. that was a big moment in the interview because, like, I think a lot of people have been wondering about that. Yeah. But yeah. as the interview progresses, you see <clears throat> that, like, this motherfucker, like, he actually pays attention like it knows what's going on yeah. in politics mm-hmm. this is not like he's not i wouldn't say that he's like on our level or anything like that yeah. but he knows what's going on and like how he talks about margaret sanger and and uh and uh and eugenics and the idea mm-hmm. of plan b and abortion clinics and you yes. know the, uh, the philosophy behind all of that and like how it was a racist philosophy and everything like that like that's rich history like this is a guy like you have talked to people you've learned about these things you've read about these things watch videos about these things you've dedicated a certain amount of time into learning coupled with how he kind of in 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 a few different ways he shits on people that he's rocked with with the way that they've flipped, like yeah. on, on common, John he's like, Legend, he's like, yeah, man, like common, he's a Democrat puppet. He's, he's all like, these light skinned motherfuckers. They always, they always yeah, want to be. <laughs> Big Sean, John Legend, like all these motherfuckers. And 
Common, he didn't really like come at him personally. He's like, yeah, like I, you know, he fucks with him. Yeah. He just doesn't like how he's used by the Democrat Party. But John Legend and Big Sean, he's like, nah, that's some sellout shit. Like they, yeah. they like win against me like personally. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and you got to give it to the guy. Like he's he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And it's like. What is a friend if you can't have a conversation? And you could disagree, but like the when when they come at you like, oh, well, no, 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 fuck all what you're saying. Well, I mean, are we friends then or what? Because like when when we have talks with our group of friends, there's a variety of sides people come from, or, or when it comes to the ideas. Mm-hmm. But that's what's constructive about it is like you start delving in. Yeah. You don't ever get like if if you share information or if I share information or if Donnell shares information. Ernie shares information, Big Baby, Vince, whoever the fuck, like, we'll be like, oh, okay, I'll take it. Let me read it on my own time. Let me see what, what's what, where they're coming from. It's never, oh, no, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's at best disrespectful. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Another thing that, uh, th- this is just like a little side note. The fact that he said one of his favorite movies is There Will Be Blood. I was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. Like, this motherfucker might be a film buff. Because like, I, I remember when, when I went to go watch uh, <laughs> There Will Be Blood. A lot of people don't even know about that movie. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah, like, he was like really, like, you could tell, like, I mean, I really love, like, like the like he was talking about when when the brother that wasn't the brother yeah like that scene I was like wow like that that I don't know I, I didn't know if he was into those type of movies and that was actually pretty pleasant but um but no you were right though like when it comes to to the to the cultural uh end of things the baby's version is better and I think for the album the baby's version should have been. The intro. Yeah. I liked the Jay-Z one in its own respect because it was, it's was it been a long time. So on an emotional level, it's like it's like if we don't do a song with someone that we're close with and they know, like, these are guys. And it's like, it's kind of an event. Yeah. But it did lack. You're yeah. right. It did lack. It, it, and then some of the stuff that, that he was saying, I'm like, okay, relax. Certain, certain aspects of it... Um, when it came to like, sp- like the spiritual side of it, like some some like some of the lines that he said, they were cool. But you're not really edgy if you're saying take the red cap off. And I'm not saying that. Right, saying, I'm not saying yeah. you gotta be on some oh mega for life type yeah. shit. But like you're, you, there's there's nothing about this that that is edgy or risky no. or anything like that. It, it's a very, this is very safe. Yeah, very yeah. safe. And so, so to me, that was my my issue. And then it's like you guys are grown ass men in your forties. Red cap, let the motherfucker breathe, like yeah. and live, like that's what he believes. You can disagree. Bill Maher and Ben Shapiro probably like like each other, but they don't have to agree. They can yeah. disagree. Actually, one of the the m- more significant hip hop songs that I would say has taken place in the last decade is the the kanye and ti track because i don't think i've ever like really heard a song like that where you have two people that like they are legitimately expressing like their positions on the issues because like for instance like when you and i we did someone to love 
we we were like doing characterizations like when we were like because yeah. i've i've never i've yeah. never sold drugs nor have you ever done drugs but you <laughs> took the characterization of a drug addict and i took the characterization of a drug dealer so it was fun it, it, and it's fun exactly yeah. and it's kind of a journey but but those like like those are not really like our positions in life they did something similar to that but they were actually expressing where they really stand on things yeah and that's yeah. that's that's pretty dope um uh you know and and you know anybody that hasn't heard that song it's it's uh worth worth giving it was a yay versus the people right that's what it was yeah. called yeah um uh i have i do have a question about the interview for you uh what is your take on when he's talking about this idea of like like not having a house and he's sort of like on some like nomad living type stuff like what what did you get out of that and like how do you feel about his position on that whole thing it reminded me a lot of aaron clary and i was like oh wow i wonder if he's re maybe read some of the material or gotten acquainted with that because it was like that part of it it wasn't MGTOWish per se, like like particularly MGTOWish, but kind of like the monk MGTOW thing, which is like, you know, like be on your own shit, like right now, like fuck all this like lavish shit, like this is all for the for the motherfucking camera lights, like. Yeah. And so I thought that that was interesting, and it was it was something that like I feel. I resonated with because I I like being frugal to an extent, but then sometimes when whenever like I see something right, and I, we're all human beings, so we see a, a new shoe or we see a new this or new that, it made me question like some of my thought processes when it comes to like what you really need in life. And like what you want in life, and and not that yeah. I don't know that, but I feel like it, it's nice to see a person who's on their purpose and is worth a lot, and is really just on their purpose. Like, and like regardless of whatever, I don't. What what is this? Yeah. What is this house? What is this um, uh, brand of clothing? What what does it matter? And and so because I, I'm trying to create, and and then you see that he's successful at it. So then you're like, wow, that, that's, that's, that's badass. And if you really think about it, then it makes you think from a philosophical, spiritual uh, realm, which is like, what is home? Like his, he said his daughter's home. And like... Yeah, when she FaceTimes him, that's yeah. home, yeah. And to me, like home is like, man, like <laughs> hanging out with family, friends, having meaning, meaningful conversations, it's never about, oh, what the fuck can these motherfuckers do for me? No, it's about, like, the experience. So yeah. then you realize that's fulfilling. That's very fulfilling. And so living a purposeful life means, like, well, yeah, it's cool that it's fruitful, but, like, make sure to enjoy the people you love because they're not here forever. Yeah. And uh, that resonated with me because it's like, man... This guy right now, I mean, he's going through a divorce. And then and then actually he talked about, like, how he appreciated the 15-minute, the because uh, I guess he's half-vaxxed, so he couldn't go directly to wherever he had to get to in, yeah. in Europe. So he had to take a train. 
and 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 he said that one of his people asked, oh, "Are you like sad or like or, like you? I don't know. Like, are you, how do you feel?" And uh, he he was like, "I don't I don't know. Like, I, all I know is I appreciated the 15 minute drive or train ride, and like I thought about that, and I like I took life as is. It's like the good, the bad, the the happy, the sad. Like it's all like if he's like he's like it's all." kind of crazy because it's like your own movie and that yeah. movie without all of that like it wouldn't be lit like my life's kind of lit like no this shit. absolutely he said yeah. exactly in, in that moment he said exactly what butter says in one of my favorite south park episodes where yeah. <laughs> where i don't know I, I think i've talked about it on, on the show before but there's a south park episode where butters he he thinks he has a girlfriend yeah. and uh what do they call it the restaurant raisins it's like the south park version of hooters yeah and so uh he goes there he goes there and he gets uh this he he likes this girl that works there and you know he he always goes and spends all his money there and he calls her at the job or whatever and she's just like using him to come in and get tips and and stuff like that yeah so in this particular episode, Stan he breaks up with uh, Wendy Testaberger, and and uh, because he's so heartbroken over it, he joins the Goth Kids. Yeah. And so when he joins the Goth Kids, he he doesn't want to hang out Sorry. with he doesn't want to hang out with Kyle or Cartman or any of them anymore. He mm -hmm. just he just wants to be with the Goth Kids and and and, and sulk in his own sorrow and <laughs> despair and everything like that. So when the girl finally breaks it to Butters that they're not a couple and, you know, like to essentially like get away from me, you creep or whatever the case, Butters, he goes uh, and he's like in the street and he's like under, it's late, it's dark and like he's under like a lamppost and he's just on the curb sitting there crying. So Stan and the goth kids, they're walking, they're walking past and, and Stan is like, Stan is like, oh, uh, Butters, what's wrong with you? And he's like, oh, um, my girlfriend broke up with me. She doesn't love me, this and that. And, and Stan is like, yeah, life, life is just uh, nothing but endless darkness. Like, why don't you, like, why don't you just join us? You know, like yeah. in in our like sorrow yeah. and despair. And Butters is like, nah. Like he's like, he's like, I, I'm not. He's like. He's like, even though it, it does hurt right now, he's like, it's kind of like a beautiful sadness because yeah. like the fact that I could even feel this means that like the greatness and the happiness that I've felt before, yeah. it's still there. It's still a thing. And so I got to take this just like I'll take the good. I got to yeah. take the good with the bad. And, and, uh, and, and like, that's like somebody that's like embracing the experience of life. Like, yeah. like, and, and, and Kanye echoed the same thing. And it's great because like, you know, when you get like something like, like, you know, like a, a great thinker like him or like great writers, like, you know, the South Park writers, you, you, you see that at a certain point, like, you know, you cross similar wavelengths. Yeah. And I, and when he said that, I instantly thought about about that particular episode. Isn't that crazy though? Like like when you're down and out or, or something doesn't work for you or or you've you've went through a situation like the weirdest thing to me has been like, "Oh, I feel gratitude." Yeah. It, like I've I've always felt that even like like uh what what was it 2020? Like when I went through my divorce, understanding that and then and then like then going through like the the holidays, and then I, like I couldn't help to, but to feel gratitude because I was like, man, like 
this is something I don't understand and maybe something that I, I'm not quite happy with, but I feel gratitude. Like it was weird. It's such a weird thing to express. So to see like something like with the butter situation or to see something with the, with the Kanye situation, it's like, I think people that truly want to do good in life, like, and like, like leave something good for people or be good energy for people. Like you do feel gratitude because like, those are the times when you realize, man, like this is the difference between me and the motherfucker that goes and drinks it up every weekend. Yeah. Motherfuckers he, that he ain't really cool with. Cause like, I really did feel such sense of like, man, when I would do the episode, it felt like I was so proud of it. I was like, man, like I really like, like, or when Vince was here, like, man, like you have your own blog. This is great. Like, yeah, you feel proud of the people around you and why they're in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you say that because, um, I'm, uh, finally like getting around to finishing, uh, the curse of the high IQ. Yeah. I, had, I had set it down a while and, you know, the Aaron Clary book and, uh, you know, cause doing other stuff, uh, 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 you know, other things that, that are important, you know, business and stuff like that. But, um, I, I, I'm at a chapter in the book where he's talking about something similar. And he talks about like one of the issues, uh, for people that have a high IQ is that it gets hard to find like a, a social, uh, like a social community Yeah, because, because, you know, uh, you know, so many people like are on like their everyday, like regular type shit. And, you know, as you get older, friends get married and they have kids and, 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 and stuff like that. But he talks about how he's been fortunate and like he has like all these great ass friends. And I'm not and it's badass because in the book he's like and I'm not talking about great friends like the way like certain girls be like, oh, my friends are so great. Get the wine. And like they're just great because they exist. No, he's talking about like guys that are like, man, this guy is a pilot and an economist. This guy does this. This guy does that. Yeah. And like what you said, it 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 uh it 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 uh it parallels that yeah. because it's true. It's like you 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 have this appreciation for people, yeah. for people and like what they do and what they contribute. And if you notice, Kanye is like that. He like. You see, like, he kind of lights up when he talks about Steve Jobs. Like, it's like, yeah. even though I wasn't his friend, but, like, the things that he's contributed. Like, uh, this is a guy that really uh, resonates with, like, the things that people produce and stuff like that. And yeah. then the, also how he talks about his friends and stuff like that. And so it's nice. It's And, and it's good. And I think it's it's definitely a recipe towards a happy and healthy life to fill your life with people like that and yeah. like appreciate them for the things that they, they contribute. Um, what I would say about, you know, when they were asking him about his, like not owning a house and like a nomad lifestyle and stuff like that is I like the idea of it in philosophy because it's like, Oh, well, you know, you, you go places and people offer you different things and stuff. And I would say for somebody like him, like he can do that. Like he can get away with that. Yeah. Um, what I will say though is equity, like a, a good source of equity is owning property. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so sometimes, um, 
you do have to still look at the like uh, for as much as I'm like uh, for philosophy and and I like to delve in that realm. You still have to look at things practical at yeah. times, and it's just like yeah, I'm all for minimalism and being frugal. Yeah, but like. I think a guy like Kanye could get away with not having a house and doing the nomad yeah. thing, but unless you're at a certain level, I would say like not necessarily to like latch onto that idea until you get there because even him, he's only able to really get away with it because yeah. he's where he's at. Where would you stand with like some of the stuff? Because I've kind of resonated with stuff that Aaron Clary says. When it comes to, I don't know if you've kind of seen like yeah, but real but Clary is more is is more like minimalist yeah. than I would say like a nomad. Like Clary has his house, yeah, and stuff like that. Um, uh, I I do think like I have heard Clary say some things uh that weren't like the most uh, appealing, like about real estate and owning real estate and stuff like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But also, you would have to ask, well, like, one, one, what formula are you following? Yeah. Because, uh, like, that also matters a lot. Because, like, I've known people that haven't done so well in real estate or are just breaking even. And, yeah, I could see, like, why you would want to get out of it. Yeah. But if you have a formula, like, where not only does your your real estate sustain itself, but put money in your pocket every, every uh, month and growing equity yeah well like it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to argue that especially yeah. like when you consider the rate of return and if if you have again again the disclaimer is if you follow the right formula like i and 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 i know you do too like we do well in the stock market but still my real estate deals like what i've gained in the market is nothing compared to the rate of return yeah. on on real estate and so what I would say is like if you follow the right formula and like that's that Grant Cardone shit. Like if you follow the right formula, like it, it it's hard to beat like how good yeah. real estate can be. And uh so that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I do see that Kanye is coming from a place where he wants to help people. So yeah. does Aaron Clary. So do we. Yeah. And everybody has their own route. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like what well, both Grant Cardone and um and uh, um, uh, what's uh, oh, the, uh, I know who you're talking about. Damn it, uh, <laughs> damn. The, well, what, we the, talk about him all the, all time. the time, I know, but but uh, if you while you look him up, uh, <sighs> it's both Grant Cardone and the other uh, finance big financial guy that, that talks finances, uh, they both want to help people, but they do have different routes on how to get there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you find him yet? If not, I'm I'll... subscribed to so many people. Nah, I'll find him. I have his book here. Um, uh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Fuck. How the fuck do we forget I, that? I, I knew it was Ramsey. I was going to say Gordon, Gordon Ramsey. Ramsey yeah. That's the, the motherfucking <laughs> chef. But uh, yeah, because I, I have his book, The Total Money Makeover. But they, they um, their route... It's yeah. different. Like like Dave Ramsey is totally against uh, debt. Uh, uh, Grant Cardone, he fucks with debt if if it's good debt. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. two different philosophies. You know. So no one philosophy is the right philosophy. But 
like I said, I don't necessarily wholeheartedly 100% agree with what Kanye said about like the nomad lifestyle. I think it can work for him, but I think it, it, it only works if you're at a certain level. And then I don't a hundred percent agree with with uh, Aaron Clary on I, I real see, estate either. Yeah, and and also another thing too is like oh, and and you know. before you go on, mm-hmm. one other thing I would say about Aaron Clary, another thing uh, that he's mentioned is like oh well, if there's like a a, a, a communist takeover or socialist takeover, <laughs> like you're you're in a in a shit spot. Yeah, but you're still better off than had you not had those assets accumulating over the wow. time that that they they produced. You know what I'm that's, saying? That's that's wild as fuck. Because that's literally the point I was gonna make. Because he has said that. But when you're ready to return, already like you get like if you invest and you get the return of investment so quick, where like let's say you got your money back and now you're making money. And then let's say a communist takeover happens. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's a communist takeover. Everyone's fucked. Yeah. But I'm just fucked less because I made a good business deal regardless. And so uh, you also have to look at the philosophy of like, well, that's the name of the game, right? You take risks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I remember watching this video. I forgot who it was. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, uh, he's talking about risk. He's like, oh, you think it's risky? He's like, getting in the car is risky. Yeah, yeah. Marrying someone is risky. He's like, um, doing this is risky. Like everything is risky. You were you you've been you've been living a risky life since the day you were born. Yeah. And it's like it, it's true. Like everything has risk. Without and then you start getting to the Jordan Peterson uh philosophy, which is like order is a beautiful thing, but you need to introduce chaos yeah. to that order. You don't have to get lost in the chaos, but you have to understand that you need to to be in a chaotic place at times to grow. That does mean taking risks. That means shit gets a little uneven at times. But that's important, and that's part of life because like anything you do is a risk, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at, look at what we have here. Like, we took a risk. We were like, oh... I remember you were like, "Hey, I think a podcast would be a good idea." So, oh, really? All right. Well, what wh- what do you what do you think we should do? All right. Well, I've been looking at these mics and this shit, and then was, that costs money. So we took the risk. We invested in all this stuff, and then we we just all right. Let's get on this. All right. Well, well how do we get into app uh, all these places so people can listen to us? Uh, well, we got to research that. Oh, well, we need artwork. Oh, how do we research that? Oh shit, we need to uh, have we need to editing software. We need editing software. Yeah. Ooh, how do we edit? It's like it's like such a process that thinking about it now, it's like fuck. How the fuck did we ever even convince ourselves to get into this? But it's like everything is a risk, and then you get the result, and oh wow, we have a show, and we we've we've been in in documentaries or our our footage has been documentaries we've had people contact us to to promote stuff it's like this is how life works you you take a risk and yeah you might not gain uh right away but through time it's like okay well this was a, a solid risk because people learn from this show people take information from this show um Every 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 day, someone goes to work. There's that someone that goes to work. They get their coffees. All right, time for hanging with apes. That took risk. Everything takes risk. Anything worth having takes risk. Yeah. So, so 
it's just like you said make sure that you you the formula is a winning formula or the best formula yeah exactly exactly because it's that's the thing it's like anything that you do like if if you drive from point a to b like yeah you could drive from point a to b with a good formula and you get there good and safe if you drive there with a bad formula you crash or ruin your car or whatever the case so you know er everything has has a has a methodology to it um but moving on to the the next uh subject uh going into the realm of politics now so we discussed and we covered very well i would say especially now in hindsight we could really say how well we covered the virginia governor's race yeah. uh, i think we were talking about it at least a week before like all of the mainstream media was yeah. talking about it our assessment of it was uh pretty solid grounded uh, we didn't make any like crazy crazy uh notions or 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 predictions or anything like that and then that tuesday came and it was the worst night that the democrats have had since 2016 yeah there it's yeah. been their worst night since 2016 uh um and in fact, it was so bad that they almost lost a race that we didn't even deem worth talking about on the show because we thought that there was just no way that it would be close in New Jersey. Yeah. And it was actually within a couple of points. So that just shows you how awful the polling out there still is. Yeah. Because, I mean, the polling with, with uh, between uh, 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 Murphy and Citarelli in New Jersey, it wasn't even close. I th- I, I yeah. think like most of the polls that I came across had Murphy up by eight, or like a couple not, thousand votes. Yeah, at the end. Uh, exactly. Wow. In the end, it was just a couple thousand votes. It was very close. Um, not only that, uh, in Buffalo. There was, uh, and I, I just learned about this. I didn't even know about this. I, I just learned about this on watching Real Time with Bill Maher, the latest episode. Um, in Buffalo, they had, this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. They had a socialist run in Buffalo uncontested. So this socialist was running. Yeah. Uh, no, Nobody oh, was yeah. running against this person. The write-in. And, and the write-in won. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's that, wild. That is that's very wild. So it, it's like you, you didn't even have competition. And like so many people were against this ideology yeah. that they wrote a person in to yeah. win. That's crazy. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's super crazy. So, the, uh, the trajectory for the left doesn't seem great right now. It doesn't seem no. great. Like it's still early, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem great. Um, I had asked you a question last week. Well, finish and then I'll ask you. Um, the what we learned in Virginia is that it ended up being about uh, a twelve point swing. So so not only did the the state that that Biden won plus ten hmm. was it was it all that ten wiped out, but Youngkin ended up winning. By two, so essentially you could look at that like a twelve-point swing yeah. in the state. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of political analysts they say that the, that Virginia is a purple state. Oh, well, it's red and blue, and 
I mean, and and I, as I said very clearly on 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 the past two episodes, that state hasn't voted for a Republican governor since two thousand nine. The state hasn't voted for a Republican president since two thousand four, and Biden won plus ten. That sounds like a pretty blue state to me. Yeah, yeah, it's as blue as it gets. Well, now it's red. Well, yeah, now it's red. <laughs> uh, and then in the state, the state house of Virginia. Yeah. They voted. Uh, it's like they almost complete red in the state house. Yeah. The attorney general, Latino, uh, 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 Republican, he won, and then the lieutenant governor, uh, black lady, won. Who's a white supremacist? That's- and that's what we're going to get into. <laughs> but what was the question that you had? All right. So uh, we had delved into what might work for Trump and what might not work for Trump, whether Trump is the answer, whether whether he's not. Now. If you start looking at the numbers, Youngkin outperformed, we're talking Virginia versus a national uh, election, outperforms Trump with suburban women yeah, by, by a whole lot. Uh, independence, but Trump made a lot of headway with Latino and black votes, minus black women. Yeah. Do you think that Trump is looking at these numbers and... and being like, oh, I'm going to change my game plan? Or do you think Trump is going to stay the course of who he is? Well, he has to change to an extent um, if, if you're serious about about winning. Yeah. Now, his game plan doesn't have to like, it doesn't have to be a complete 180, though, because a state, uh, I mean, uh, rather uh, a uh a, was it a, a a city? I want to say in Texas, that's seventy two percent Hispanic, and has had a legacy of voting to the left. In that, uh, also on Tuesday, they voted to the right, and that's because of the border situation. Yeah. So, uh, uh, when it comes to like how Trump feels about the border at this point, like that shit is gospel on the right. Yeah. So yeah, he would not have to change his messaging on that at all. Um, I think you have to handle it on a case by case basis or, or or I should say a state by state basis, even to an extent, a district by district basis, uh, in terms of the messaging, because overall, I would say that the ideologies, they're, they're very, they're very similar. Like, like if you look at, at, at what Youngkin did, Youngkin pretty much ran, uh, a cultural issue campaign. Trump is a culture warrior, so that is good. Like that, that that is uh, uh, a parallel in in ideology. I just think the way that the message is delivered is a little bit different. Yeah, digestible. Youngkin is way more digestible with women. Yeah, with and, and, and certain people from certain areas. Yeah, and Virginia seems to be one of those areas. Mm. But like. Hard red places, no, I think you need to go hard in the paint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to like the border situation, like like the border situation is not as big of an issue in Virginia as it is in Texas. Yeah. So when you're in Texas, you need to go hard on that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so yeah, I do think that he needs to 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 tweak the messaging a little bit, but not a 180 or anything no. like that. Just be what you said when we had a phone conversation and i think like your the the way that you um uh your your take on trump being off of twitter 
is is sort of profound. I don't know if you want to share that. Like you said, how yeah, you you your take is more that like it, it kind of helps him more than it hurts him at this point. Yeah, because the thing is, what Jack Dorsey maybe failed to realize was you've taken what is Trump's gift and curse, and you've just made it a gift now. Because it's like Trump is going to be Trump, but now Trump has statements. Yeah. Press release statements. Yeah, from the office of the 45th president. Exactly, which are now being read. And it's, ah, change this up a little bit. Change yeah. this up a little bit. Let's let's clean up the messaging. This is what you want, but we're going to make it a little bit more digestible. So Trump is still effective on Twitter. Trump is still big on Twitter. Trump is just not it's crazy not, on Twitter. And it's just not he himself. It's yeah. coming from the office of the 45th president. But once it's posted... The Baker Street Irregulars, they go ham exactly. and like, it's everywhere. Like It's like some Batman if, shit. As if he had, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, you know what? Like it the reminds Dark Knight me? Rises. Yeah, it, it reminds me of uh, this one particular uh, uh, comic from Batman, but it wasn't with Batman. It was the Robins. They called them the Robins. Yeah. And it was like, um, uh, well, Batman was hurt and like Nightwing was taking over and like the Robins were like, the people in the street that would like help, yeah, you know the cause, and it's kind of it's sort of like that to a, to a degree, and it makes yeah, you miss him. Huh? It, it makes, makes people him. miss him. Like for us, we already knew what we were riding with, but like for other people, like the vir- people in Virginia, they're like, "Fuck!" Like, damn! Like I know he was crazy, but like, and 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 the tweets, but it is better than this shit. Yeah. So now now because you took Twitter away. You don't get reminded that this motherfucker talks is off the handle sometimes. So now it's like it gives you time to be like, man, I do miss when my kids could go to school without being indoctrinated. I do miss having the freedom of making my own medical choice. I do miss having stuff on the shelves. I do miss all of that. I do miss a booming economy. We don't have that. We had that with Trump before COVID. Yeah. And so now that makes people think a little bit and miss him. Yeah. Miss at least the policy, not him, but the policies that were in place that helped them. The way them. of life. Yeah. The way of life, absolutely. And so, yeah, um, he's, he's emboldened by that now. Now, what's interesting is the way that the the, the radical left has responded to what took place uh, on uh, in Virginia. Obviously, they're not happy about it, but... In their disdain for that day, they're showing their disdain for uh, the candidates that won. And the particular disdain, not so much towards uh, Yunkin, the way that you would expect, uh, they are throwing out the title and the tag of white supremacist towards the people that won that aren't white. Like in on that day in Virginia, it was, yeah, one white guy that ran and he he won for governor. But the lieutenant governor is black, a black woman. And the attorney general is a Hispanic. Yeah. So you see that one, there's a lot of diversity in the Republican Party. And it's interesting that. Anytime a person of color in politics gets propelled, they're Republican. They're Republican. Condoleezza Rice, Secretary of State under Bush, Republican. Like, 
like what what really like are these people talking about and then joy reed in in her usual like nasty awful way uh had some like pretty awful things to say about about winsome sears uh which is the the female black lieutenant governor of well the the new female black lieutenant governor of virginia and so one she went with the the on election night as it 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 was pretty much over at this point she went with the narrative of white supremacy which what is she talking about i don't know but that's all these people have they have no reason they have no logic they don't stop to think well maybe critical race theory is not good maybe the left is doing an awful job with the economy and with the country they can't fathom that no it's just white supremacy white nationalism and it's um it's white parents white parents don't like the uh, race talking about race so so i'm gonna play a few clips here one is from joy reed on election night talking about how this is uh white supremacy and white nationalism and then i'm gonna play another clip Oh, well, in, in that same clip, you're going to hear Winsome Sears respond to that oh, yeah. and say that, like, well, I wish she would just have me on her show uh, so we could talk about this woman to woman. But we pretty much know Joy Reid is not going to do that. Hell and no. then after that night, we're going to uh, hear a clip of Joy Reid with uh, the 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 shill uh, Michael Eric Dyson on on her show and talking some really heinous stuff of how pretty much anybody of color that wins from the Republican party is a puppet and it's white ideas flowing out through ventriloquism. And (laughs) it's just crazy as fuck to say that. And like, you guys are supposed to be like the anti racist people. Stupid fucking people. At this point, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism eventually leads to the hardcore stuff. Your reaction to that, Ms. Sears? I wish Joy Reid would invite me on her show. Let's see if she's woman enough to do that. I'd go in a heartbeat and we have a real discussion without Joy speaking about me behind my back, if you will. She talks about white supremacy. Does she know that I ran against a white supremacist? I mean, Joy, come on, get your facts straight and then come talk to me. So that was the first clip. Um, You heard what Joy Reese said at the beginning. Then you had Winsome Sears respond to that awesome and uh, eloquently. And and now here is the other clip from from Joy Reid's show with Michael Eric Dyson on it. The problem is here, they want they want white supremacy by ventriloquist effect. There is a black mouth moving, but a white idea through the running on the runway of the tongue of a figure who justifies and legitimates uh, the white supremacist practices. We know that we can internalize in our own minds, in our own subconscious, in our own bodies, the very principles that are undoing us. So to have a black face uh, speaking in behalf of a white supremacist legacy is nothing new. Jeez. Yeah, that's crazy. So, exactly what is a white idea? Like cuz that's the thing that like stood out to me in that particular clip. 
um, where he's like, uh, you know, you have white, uh, a black face, but white ideas flowing. What What is a white idea? <laughs> Some fucking made up shit. Some boogeyman is out to get you shit. White idea? Ideas have no ethnicity or race. What are you talking about? Ideas are uttered by mouths, which belongs to humans. Individuals. Yeah, individual people. So uh, there's no white ideas. Because if a white dude says some real ass shit, and then the black dude's like, oh, that's some real ass shit. It's just some real ass shit. It's a real ass idea. Fuck out of here. What do you... These these people, sometimes I feel like they don't... You can't believe something like that. Yeah, like, you... Know, I, you you're like a fake ass preacher. I don't know if, if it's like maybe somebody is like paying you, or maybe you have... Like a, a niche fan base that that digests this stuff, and you want to stay true so that like that gravy train could keep rolling, but you can't really believe that. You know what I'm saying? Like, legitimately believe it because that's just stupid. Like it's too stupid. Yeah, like he reminds me of like uh like a Don Keenas guy. Like he'll say anything to get paid. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's just not real. So, or like a dingy ass fucking preacher, yeah, that lies to people because he needs to get this money. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. What I do like is Winston Sears' position on going toe to toe. Like, I like that, and I think the Republican Party needs a lot more of that. And I would like to see that develop uh, going into the midterms. Yeah. Um, well, to me, this is the thing. Uh, how come it always has to be the the Republican side that always? Oh, let's engage in a in a debate. But the thing is, it's powerful when it's the people that they try and demonize, like her, like Kanye, like uh, like anybody that. Oh, look at this Uncle Tom. All right, cool. All right, that's fine. Let's debate. No, 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 no. We don't. No, no. Let's debate. And and then you see, well, no, you I'm don't want to debate. I'm not going to give you a platform. I'm not going to legitimize your position by giving you a platform. Well, then why you flip at the mouth and steady yeah. talking about it then? You're already giving her a platform under your own conditions that she can't defend herself. Right. Because when she defends herself, you're going to look real stupid. And then sometimes it still doesn't work out for them because like I said in, uh, was it last week's episode? How I even found out about Patriot Purge, the Tucker Carlson documentary, is from these people talking about it. So you didn't even realize that you still gave it a platform. Well, yeah. And even, uh, you know, who resonated that same uh, or, or who uh, kind of uttered the same shit was uh, Joe Rogan about Sienna's like, by demonizing me, I have more fans than you. You have everything to lose. I have everything to gain. Now your fans know about me. Yeah. Like the little bit of fans that you guys have. So, no, like you you don't help yourself because this is what's going to happen. I'm going to keep saying what I say and make you look as dumb as you look and are. And and that's and and, and you don't gain any viewers because you're still you still suck. You know, (laughs) Captain Planet is still 
It has more viewers than you. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even have to worry about you. Everyone wants to come to my show. No one wants to come to CNN. So, so you say whatever you want about me. Yeah. And you're lucky, and they're lucky that he's not trying to sue them. Yeah, he, which he should Nick Sandman their ass. Yeah. Um, moving on to the final topic of today's episode. Uh, we're going to enter the realm of philosophy. In pre-production, you and I, we were discussing the metaverse, and you were telling me about some things that you read up on the metaverse, like Nike uh, planning to, to sell uh virtual virtual shoes shoes and and stuff like that and like you have there's companies that that are developing currency for the metaverse so it's really sort of taken off as an idea of this place where i'm guessing people are supposed to live their life or a big portion of their life in in this virtual place and I just, it's just weird to me because I don't see like what real fulfillment somebody would get from that. But as I was expressing uh, how I feel about it, you know, especially at face value, you actually gave some examples of like even people we know where, you know, old friends or whatever that would be like, oh, but like look at this person and like this is like right up their alley because yeah. this is a person that really doesn't do much. Is kind of always at home playing video games. Lives a very mundane, not so exciting life. Not a lot of upward mobility. So if you can't really hack it in the real world, yeah, maybe you can. Maybe you'll do great in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'll make a point on that. But just to add a little bit more. Uh, points about Nike. So these are some of the things that they've done. Nike has filed seven trademark applications as it prepares to enter the metaverse. As part of the application, the company indicated its intent to make and sell virtual branded sneakers and apparel. And people familiar with Nike's plan said that the space is a priority for the brand and consumers can expect to see more virtual rollouts in the months ahead. So it's like literally same thing in real life, but digital version. Now, as far as as far as like people that that kind of get stuck in that they don't get stuck in the i guess what what makes them feel fulfilled from video games and this is not to talk shit about video games because like it's fun to play video games but you can be great at something yeah right like like we're great and the fact that, like, okay, we have a podcast. Okay, we have some investments. Okay, cool. We're always trying new things. Okay, we make music. These are all real tangible things. This is physical. We have music in the Library of Congress. We're mm-hmm. proud of that. You know, like, we mm-hmm. put our work into that. Uh, same thing with the with the podcasts and all platforms, you know? Same thing with properties. Like, we, we're, we're trying to expand. That's badass. But, but like, when you don't strive to to do that what's a quick fix to that oh shit let me get on call of duty and win a battle royale like this shit is badass i'm a fucking badass with a gun i'm running around i'm shooting these motherfuckers i'm talking to my friends but this is fun and we're winning and we're the best in that game and so then boom 
you start getting addicted to it because you're addicted to the high of winning in yeah. that game. And then, then uh, the people that are into sports, right? Sports, in a way, kind of delves into that whole... And this is not even in video games, just in general. Like People want to feel special, so they follow the the city's team and if that team wins that you're part of something yeah, yeah. you're part of something i'm from chicago oh, the even bears though, even though these motherfuckers don't know you exist yeah don't care about you other than you showing up to like you know be paid to go to the stadium so they could get paid but other than that yeah yeah 100 it's something in your spirit that you're willing to be like i want to be part of something and actually even kanye in a way talked about 808s how it like uh, feeds into like the lowest chakra, which is like the fear chakra, mm. and so so we are spiritual beings. The thing is, where where I think people can go astray is by using that want to be to be part of something or the or or or, or, or to be part of an energy into the wrong things, but we see it all the time. We see it all the time with, with, uh, like those people that watch lots of porn, play lots of video games. Uh, all they do is watch sports and gamble. Oh, the high of that. Um, people that 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 get lost in, in in this shit and like you don't even see them anymore. Like, hey, yeah. bro, want to go get wings? No, nah, man. I, I, I'm i gonna just be home and then when they're home they're not really there's nothing going on you're just playing this video game. and it's like an addictive trait and and you see uh, our our generation our generation and we were talking about this in pre-production we used to play you know it tag or it like we used to we used to go outside we used to bike ride we used to you know you see that less you still see that but you see that way less now kids are on their iPads, yeah, they're more connected. What was the bit? What was the biggest video game in the last shit in the 21st century? The biggest video game has been the latest Grand Theft Auto, which is uh, five, right? Yeah. Grand Theft Auto Five has been the biggest success, like in, as far as video games. Why GTA Online? I could be a multi-billionaire with boats. I could have a Rolls Royce, or I could be a fucking do heists or I can be a racer or I can skydive or I could find aliens or and it keeps going yeah you know like that was what was so crazy about Red and, Dead Redemption and I get that there's a degree of fun yeah. to that but like for it to consume your whole life yeah. to the point where people are gonna be caring what shoes they wear and and spending money in this metaverse because I get it. It's like, oh, this is a virtual world. You know, some uh, if I have a friend that lives in California, like we could be on together. Like you would do playing a video game or whatever. I could I could see that, but the way that some of these companies are talking about it, they're they're talking about it almost to the extent that it's gonna like replace life. Yeah, but look at look at Fortnite. Oh, I'm buying the outfit buying outfits for your fucking avatar just just shoot people what do you need to buy and like this is a free game yeah that's how they get you it's free but you just all buy other, other shit stuff, yeah oh i gotta buy leatherface he's gonna be in the game oh freddy krueger's gonna be in it oh this is limited edition so 
people will actually spend that much money on this stuff, it's only going to get worse. And as VR becomes more real and artificial intelligence becomes more real, the matrix, the matrix becomes more real. But, but still, and all, I think that people understand that it's a game, but I, yeah. I think it feels like this metaverse, the approach of the metaverse is, is for it to be like indistinguishable. Like it, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's kind of like uh, the, that scene in Inception where those guys go to like dream that place to like be like heavily sedated to dream because yeah. like the dream has become their reality. Yeah. It seems like that's like what the metaverse could be. Yeah. And I just don't see unless, like I said, unless you're physically like plugged into it. Yeah. I don't see how it could ever be fulfilling as yeah. real life. Like the taste, like when you go and get something to eat, like the taste yeah. of the food, the experience of going to a new place, the experience of going to a new place with friends or family, the experience of like, you know, uh, talking to a friend, a conversation or a, a girl that you're really into, like all of that stuff. Like how could, uh, again, unless it's like, your 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 uh nervous system is like hooked up to this thing yeah. how could it ever give you that experience yeah. or if or is it just like a cheap alternative yeah. just something that like yeah i might as well do this because I, I can't hack it in real life yeah it's like a cheap alternative yeah yeah i mean right now it's it's in its infancy but like the fact that like for example somnium somnium space has land and real estate and in there the real estate in that world the the better the place so like let's say for for, for lack of uh actually this would be a good example like uh if, if uh streeterville here in chicago it's expensive real estate because it's like close to the you know lake super close like you're next to the beach basically and you're like downtown so th in the metaverse, and, and, and particularly in Somnion's uh, spaces world, you buy some of this land for a thousand dollars. So there, so are they are there going to be realtors for digital real estate? You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. I see what you're saying, but I can also see people falling into that. Like, oh, this is cool. Oh wow, this is I'm better off here than than out there and then like you're gonna get the motherfuckers like cypher in the matrix where like i like this better because i'm the man here and see it's so foreign for us because like like you said it's we have the five senses we have like like the control we're out there we're, we're trying to uh grow but if you don't have that hunger to grow in real life and you can escape into this world and if this world becomes bigger and better like like um they have uh but still even if, but if you're not physically like plugged into it yeah all how are all your senses like for instance like to use your example of like the the streeterville let's say somebody yeah. has their favorite sandwich spot cafe in streeterville that they go to and let's say in this world there's something similar you can't. What care do you have to go in there? You're not. You're none of your senses. The smell, the taste, none yeah. of them. You know what I'm saying. So that's what I mean. Like I could see it being like something like 
revolutionary if it's like oh well like like the Neuralink shit that like yeah. Elon Musk is talking about where like you could be like jacked into like a computer or something like that that's some like other type shit yeah. but like just this like oh it's a virtual reality world I don't really see how different that is than like the Sims or yeah. you know what I'm saying so yeah I could see down the road but still and all and I could even see people falling into it, but still and all, until like people are are their nervous system is like hooked up to it. Yeah. I don't see how it will ever produce enough of experience to like to change overpass and surpass real life. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is too, it's like it's it's a very overcrowded space because it's like Somnion Space is they they just partnered with the Winklevoss twins, which they're they're not fans of Mark Zuckerberg, who now changed Facebook into Meta. Right. So Facebook is a part of Meta, but Meta is like, well, this is where we're going. Then you're seeing Disney Plus, you're seeing Nike, you're seeing all these people kind of start to to look at what's going on with metaverses, and, and now they're going to start maybe picking and choosing which world they're in that they're going to put their stuff. Like Tesla. They released something for Somnion Space, like some suits, Tesla suits in in the video game. So it's like, well, that that's pe- companies putting in their sprinkles of what they what they can make money out of, right? Yeah. But we don't know what it is now. So right now it's like it's overcrowded because those are the two that have been in the limelight. But there's like five, six other metaverses. So, and like you said, none of them, none of them have anything having to do with the nervous system now let's say the next phase like the iphone of of metaverses comes out it'll be that probably it'll be like welcome to the tesla world or whatever right and then Neuralink is linked to you connect it and now you're in the world but now you're on some gta shit but you feel the exhilaration of like fucking that's, that's some other shit yeah like when we were watching the trailer for Battlefield, imagine for a second for the new Battlefield 2042, you're we're at war in this game, <laughs> and I'm floating, and you feel it, the yeah. wind and every, yeah, that that That's is wild. like a different experience, yeah. That and then something like that, I could see people being immersed in it because those are things that you could only feel very rarely in yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, like you could just. You don't have to like make up a big plan to go skydiving. You could just go on this and go yeah. skydiving or or shoot some shit up or or whatever. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. That's that's like a totally different experience other than just oh, well I see it and I hear it and yeah. it's like a regular video game. Yeah. So so to me I guess what's interesting about all this stuff is that we're seeing kind of like the digital version of like the Wild West it's like, oh, this is the new, this is the old way, but this is the new way. But this is way underdeveloped. Right. Like, but, so, but it could develop into something one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Crazy. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something on the show that you know somebody would be interested in, please share it with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you're listening to us on Apple, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. And if you want to help us stay independent, go to our website and you can donate an amount of your choosing. We will see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.